episode number seven with Mr. Michael Colon. You're not going to want to miss this one. Thank you for pressing play. Let's get it. We are live, and sitting across from me today, I have the one and only, the very young Mr. Michael Colin. Michael, thanks for hopping on the show, man. Thanks, Jimbo, for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Look at that. Look at that energy to start. He's smiling. Too. I love I'm, it. I'm you excited to be here? I'm very excited to be here. Why? Because you're famous. Oh, God. That's a that's a terrible start. I'm, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the antithesis of famous. We're, we're starting from the ground and building our way up. What do you think about that? Love it. I told you before this, we got about 2,500 per that are listening to this. Definitely not Rogan numbers, but I think we're trending upwards. I, I said you're famous from the start. And you're a numbers guy, right? I am a numbers guy. So is 2,500 decent to start or no? I would say that's a great start. Okay. That's a great start. More than if I started it, I wouldn't get 2,500. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Believe me, I started with about one and two. So seeing that was just like mentally defeating. Just knowing that your content, quote unquote, sucks, but knowing that people are listening to it and enjoying it and responding to it means a great deal. So yeah. all the listeners out there who are listening to this, thank you so, so much. Your support fuels this. And I'm glad that we have the one and only Michael Cullen on today. He's going to talk to us a lot about his life and his personal and professional life, too. So let's just do it. Let's hit the ground running. What do you let's think? do it, Jimmy. I'm ready. All right, dude. Um Really quickly, though, why don't you tell people what you're drinking? I'm drinking a raspberry white claw. Raspberry white claw. Yes. Did you just bring in this 12-pack that's sitting next to me by yourself? Uh, no. No, but I did hear white claws are getting manlier. That, they definitely are getting manlier. Yeah. I've got more hair on my chest. More, yep. Is, is that what that's from? Yeah, more hair on your chest and less hair on your head. I think that, <laughs> that's how it goes. Well, that makes two of us then. We're both balding. Twinning. <sighs> So, so Michael, sad. why don't you uh, why don't you tell us how old you are? I'm 27. 27. Okay, you're pretty close to me. Pretty close. We're about to be 30. What do you think about that? Scary. Why is it scary? Because it's close. Yeah, it's very close. <laughs> very, very. Because it's so close. It's so close. We're getting older. Yeah, it's like when you're 25 and you're you don't even you don't think of anything. You don't think a 30 is far out, and then as you get you know closer, once you get to that 27, 28, you're like, oh yeah. I'm close. I'm about there. <laughs> Nearing the half a century mark. The AARP is in our future, my friend. We're, right. not, we're, not, we're not too, too far away. Uh, where are you from, Michael? I'm from Plano, Texas. You lived here your whole life? Yep. But well, born, raised, uh, college took me to Cal Berkeley. Okay. And then I transferred to TCU over in Fort Worth and then finished up there and then work at the shops and I'm a Plano white. You're just living through life, through. man. You just got, got Omega here. I mean, you got everything, got everything you need. we need. is a great area. It's got it a lot is. of stuff. So you talked about your transfer to TCU. I know you. You're a member at our gym. We've been friends for a while now, too. Soon to be more golf colleagues as well, even though I suck That's at right. golf. That's right. Um, you played golf at TCU, though. Is that right? Yes. Were you a scholarship athlete? Yeah. Okay. So how long have you been playing golf for? Um, I've been playing golf since I was four. Wow. Three, maybe. You know, whenever I could pick up a club, mm -hmm. I had a little 
Fisher Price plastic clubs with the little plastic balls. You know, I just used to hit them. We had a French drain in the backyard, and I would just try and hit the little plastic balls in the French drain all uh-huh. day. I love it. Was golf the only sport that you ever played? Uh, no, I played pretty much every sport all the way, you know, through to male volleyball. I, I did that <laughs> once. Seventh, seventh, or really? seventh grade, I think. We all got to dabble from time to time with differences. Hey, it's you got you to gotta enjoy the adventure. <laughs> I agree completely. So, uh, how long, so TCU played all four years or sorry, you switched from Cal Berkeley. Is that two years? One, one year, one year. And I finished up at TCU. Okay. And so I played my first year at Berkeley and then played my last three at TCU. Gotcha. Okay. So did you ever have any aspirations of going on the tour, playing side by side, Mr. Tony Romo or Jordan Spieth? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, uh, you know, you see them and like I grew up playing with Jordan and mm-hmm. I grew up playing with a lot of great golfers and some of them are on the PGA Tour now, but also some of them aren't doing anything. And, you know, when growing up, they were far better than me. Mm-hmm. And like I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, if he didn't make it, and he was whooping me. That is <laughs> that is very concerning. As a red flag. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? What was the best round of golf you've ever shot before? Uh, it was at Abilene uh, or Diamondback in Abilene. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for the West Texas Amateur, and it was a sixty-three, which okay. was. I can't remember what the par was, 71 or 72. I mean, that's not too, too impressive by <laughs> any means. No, that was my yeah, that was my best round. My mom was caddying for me. Really? Actually, yeah. Did she help you out a lot or did you, was she just there for support? It was She was moral support. Moral support. <laughs> just she was like, Michael, don't get mad. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess this up now. Right. Well, that, that makes my 150 look uh, look pretty bad. So I don't I don't think I'm going to be able to doesn't doesn't to make beat you, you anytime look soon. Look great, but a lot of room for improvement. Touche, touche. So we talked some golf. Uh, you you finished up your golf career at TCU. What did you end up getting your bachelor's degree in? Finance. Finance. Yeah. So have you always enjoyed numbers? Yeah, I have. I I enjoyed numbers. I also enjoy personal interaction. Um, so, I mean, I always had an idea of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Did I ever dream of being a financial advisor? No, because I really didn't know anything about it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of information on it. There's no major on it. Right. You know, and it's completely different than corporate finance. So absolutely. um, I, I couldn't have dreamed of being somewhere different because I get to deal with numbers and then I get to deal with people, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's a, it's a happy marriage between the two. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you work now? I work at UBS. Have you always worked at UBS? Yep. Okay. Why'd you pick UBS? Well, I actually had a family friend who I was just going to for career advice. I mean, he's a really nice guy. He's very successful. He was the managing director for UBS, um, which for the region, which mm-hmm. was the surrounding states um basically he ran all the ubs offices so i just was asking him you know questions about what he thought 
would be good for me Mm -hmm. um, based on kind of where my head was at. And he said, well, let me introduce you to this, a couple of teams to see if, you know, you may want to do an internship for them. Cause I did, I graduated in uh, four and a half years. Mm -hmm. So this is the summer of that kind of super senior semester pretty much. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) yeah, so I wound up getting along great with the team and the partners and um, they gave me a shot and I kind of created a role for myself and mm-hmm. haven't looked back. Yeah, that's awesome. So what excites you most about your job? So your your technical title is a financial planner, right? Financial advisor. Financial advisor. Okay, so what is the most exciting part about your job as a financial planner? It's cool helping people. It's It's nice. It's intrinsically rewarding mm-hmm. uh, just to know you helped somebody, you made a difference, you know, in a positive way. Um, it's, you come across all different people, all different types of situations, and some of them are really unique and um, not everybody can help them and give them the proper advice. So it's really rewarding to know you're, you're doing a good job for them and you're, you know, you're getting them on track. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you started with that because this podcast is about service-oriented leadership, and clearly you're a leader. But fun fact, you are the first leader who is not a firefighter or first responder that I've interviewed. And there were some people That's that were- cool. It is cool, isn't That's it? pretty cool. You should be so honored. I am very, very honored. <laughs> with all these honored. millions of people that are going to be listening, mm-hmm. should feel honored. Uh, but- you know, there were a lot of people who were skeptical about, you know, what does a financial planner have to bring to the table? But you and I kind of had a conversation when you called me this morning before this podcast where, you know, money is not everything in life. I don't personally believe that money can buy you happiness, but money can definitely help alleviate a lot of stress that we face in life. Mm-hmm. It's also a big contributor to a divorce rate, which is why it's so high right now is money and finances. So someone like you that has a actual impact and power to persuade and to educate people is very powerful. So that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to serve, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's doing good for others and no matter what profession you're in, Absolutely, I think it's just being a good leader and the space you serve. Absolutely. So what on that note, that's, I love hearing you say that let's capitalize on it because Capital is your expertise yes. in helping people. So, no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. That, <laughs> that was just straight off the rip. How impressive that was, was that? That was pretty impressive. That was right off the rip. <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. Yeah, you should. Where does your passion to serve come from? Um, was that something that you feel like you were born with or something that you kind of acquired over time? I think it was something my parents instilled in me. My dad uh, was in has been always been in the service industry. Uh, he was a food broker, uh, ran a company growing up. My mom helped on the accounting, you know, with that company, you mm-hmm. know, and so she's in the same boat. And basically what his role was is to sell food for big companies like say Tyson or Michael foods. And he sells them to everywhere, but grocery stores. So like restaurants, Cowboys stadiums, schools, you name it. Mm-hmm. And, so it was just a lot of serving people, doing good. I mean, it, it was a relationship business. So the only way you really build those relationships is, you know, being yourself, being nice, you know, mm-hmm. always lending a helping hand and knowing it's going to 
come back, you know, full circle, full circle. So I thought you were about to say full send. I was like, full send, <laughs> full send. There goes <laughs> the white cloth. No, no. <laughs> of course. So there, I had somebody on a podcast recently, actually, excuse me, it was not a podcast, just a general conversation where they were talking to me about how service sells mm-hmm. and how, you know, so many people, entrepreneurs in particular, are so money hungry. Not everybody, but a lot of people are so one train minded where I need to make a crap ton of money right now. Mm-hmm. And too many people focus on just the money in front of them instead of the service. And he told me that you might not get paid tomorrow. You might not get paid the next day. You might get paid a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. But if you keep investing and pouring into people, they're building trust in you. And that trust builds communication and kind of goes hand in hand with more consistent business and then trust yeah. and relying on you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's what your business is based around or the people that you work with? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do. Typically everybody I come across that has money has a financial advisor, mm-hmm. you know, we don't impose on, you know, any relationships that they have because it's, you know, it's not your place. It's, not necessary you know and so if there ever is a point where somebody needed help and they came to you i mean you're there to offer advice and to offer that help if they need it but you know it's not it's not a grab for anything right it's kind of like what you've assisted me with like i for those of you don't know I've, i've consulted michael a lot especially as of recently for you know, just as a young guy, where to put my money and, you know, what could benefit me long term thinking about retirement. And kind of on that note, Michael, there's a lot of people out there who want to know what to do with their money. Uh, firefighters in particular, you know, we have lots of forms of retirement, but it's nice to know where else you can contribute. There's a lot of other healthcare workers out there in the same boat, maybe even someone with a 401k, but your young crowd in particular, do you think it's important for them to start thinking about investing in their retirement now instead of waiting for later? Absolutely. I mean, it's the earlier you can start, the better. Um, But it's never too late to start. It's never too early to start. Um, Really, the the best thing to do is to get in the game. I mean, there's a lot of um, uncertainty around it if you're not used to finance or you don't Mm -hmm. know anything about it or have a background in it. So it can be a bit daunting. So it's really the hardest part is getting started yeah and knowing how you get started you know it's like going to one of the companies you know it could be schwab fidel i don't know it it could be any of them Mm -hmm. and you just simply i mean you open up an account you get started and you know it's it's fairly simple but you just have to take the initiative oh absolutely um just going for it. Absolutely. Well, like you said, you and I have exchanged quite a few texts back and forth, especially stock related in particular as of recently. But what for you, or excuse me, not what for you, one thing that really stood out for me in our conversations was that, hey, you know, you learned a lot of this yourself uh, when it's come to that in particular. And there's so many means out there to learn right now, right? You got YouTube, you got Google, you've got Yahoo, mm-hmm. you've got a lot of different resources out there. And Obviously, having that tool in the toolbox to look up, you know, what about stocks? What about ETFs? What about bonds? What about retirement? 
can definitely assist people. But do you think that having a financial planner like yourself is a benefit to somebody out there as well? Yeah, I do. I, you know, it's, they're good at, you know, managing wealth, Mm -hmm. you know, and wealth is comprised of many different facets. Um, There's different phases. I mean, you have the wealth accumulation phase, you know, where we are, you know, we're young, we're go-getters, we're saving and we're accumulating, we're starting to accumulate Mm -hmm. wealth and save. Um, We don't have it built up yet, you know, to a point where we focus on preserving it. Right. Because right now we're in the growth. And then as we get older, we'll switch over to the preservation of capital Mm -hmm. phase. But yeah, there's, you know, there's, those are the, probably the two biggest parts and um you know a lot of a lot of different vehicles you can choose from to go and it's really based on time you know absolutely. it's important when thinking about investing is you know, what's the time frame for it absolutely so as a financial planner we talk about investments what all does your job title at ubs as a planner encompass uh a lot <laughs> well, let's hear it a lot um it's providing advice or if I don't know myself, connecting them with the right resources. So mm-hmm. UBS is a big firm. Um, and so if I don't know the answer, I can guarantee you somebody at my firm does. <laughs> I, I don't know how many employees we have. I think we probably have, I think we have 7,500 or 7,000 wow. advisors that's alone. You know, and that's not even support staff. I bet we're over 10,000 for sure in you know, America. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so they will always direct me to the right answer if I don't know. So absolutely. Um, as long as I can get them connected, if I don't know it, then yeah. But uh, across the spectrum, I mean, we help with like mortgages. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, not just investing. So it, of course we do investing, but also okay, how are you saving? Um, we do financial plans for people, which a financial plan is where we say, okay, this is where you're at now. What does retirement look like for you? When do you want to retire? How much do you want to live on? Do you want to buy another house or do you want right. to downsize or their, their future goals? Mm-hmm. And from there, we, we put the plan to say, okay, does it make sense with what you want to save every year and invest mm-hmm. and then what you're doing on the side, you know, if you have other different types of investments and are you on track to retire when you want live the lifestyle you want to live and, and be comfortable. Absolutely. And diversification and, and all of that is huge and, you know, allocating your resources and obviously having somebody like that who understands the resources and saying so, what what do you think with all your years of experience that you've had so far and the people that you've worked with is a common theme or a common problem that a lot of people have? Is it their mortgages? Is it their, is it their spending? Is it their planning? What is it? Hmm. Well, I would say there's the two types of people I see are you have the people that make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They don't. They live the life they want to live. They're not numbers, so they just like Dan. They see they have some left over, you know. And some, most time they'll they'll save it. They just leave it there. They let it grow. And then you have other people that don't have that same problem where 
you know, they're making so much money and they don't have to even look, Mm -hmm. but they do have to, you know, really look and take, take into account for everything that they're spending. And so those people, when you can save more money just by utilizing different tactics or different investment vehicles, like you have different types of accounts Mm -hmm. and the different types of accounts will lend you different support. Uh, or different rules around them. So utilizing the right one can be very beneficial in the long run. Absolutely. So for a young person in particular, if I'm coming to you and saying, Michael, what's up, man? First, pass me a white call, but two, give me some answers I want to hear. What would you recommend program-wise for somebody who's young like you and I if they want to start investing in their long-term retirement? Um, Well, you know, if they work for a company, typically they'll have a – 401k or some type of retirement plan mm-hmm. uh, that's accessible to them and to start saving in that plan you know the portion of their uh, their paycheck you know it's they won't be able to touch it for till 59 and a half right um, but it's great because you're putting in um, money every year you're you're averaging into the market right um in addition to what you're putting in is can be pre-tax sometimes or most of the time so save money on income taxes which yeah you know it's nobody likes taxes no i don't think so that mean that'd be yeah, no, bad. No, but uncle sam always wins he, he always he, digs he, into that pocket he somewhere. does he always knows <laughs> he finds a way to win so on the other end of the spectrum i don't want to just focus on the younger people let's say yep. i don't want to say old that's mean <laughs> Let's say our distinguished elders, for those people that are nearing retirement. Elders, that's worse. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's worse. That's worse. That's, that's respectful, <laughs> I think. Don't hate me if you get offended by that. Uh, so for our distinguished elders who are about to retire and you know they're kind of in uncharted waters, they got all this money, they don't know what to do with it. What would you recommend for them as a financial planner? Well, always best advice is just to speak to somebody, you know, because it's uh, – if you listen to podcasts or you listen to radio, whatever it is to get advice is not always particular to your situation mm-hmm. or their situation. So it's always good to get advice around what, what you have going on mm-hmm. and the different areas of your life, because everybody is different financially in one, in one way, shape or form. And um, what ideas or strategies is not, it's not a one size fit all thing. Right. So I, yeah, I would say just the best advice would be really to talk to somebody. I know it can sometimes be daunting, especially if they haven't really paid much attention and they don't know if where they're at is good or bad. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I really don't want to know how bad it is if it's bad, you know? And so right, absolutely. typically people will stutter into getting into it or asking somebody because it's, um, this is uncomfortable. Oh, sure. And plus, money is not always the most comfortable subject to discuss anyways. Well said. There's pain points, and a lot of who we meet with isn't just one person of the household. It's a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, you know, it can be sticky. Um, so it's just a sensitive subject that um, you, know, you, you got to be very just cautious of. Yeah. Yeah, respectful. Absolutely. I I can totally understand that completely. Yeah. 
So when we're talking about these retirement accounts or, you know, like, for example, a 457, a Roth IRA, any other 401k, various types of retirement, what would you recommend for people out there? Because this is kind of a big topic for a lot of people and a lot of people don't know about retirement and, uh, you know, kind of funding those types of accounts. What would you recommend as far as a percentage to contribute? Do you think that's just based upon the individual and the amount of capital they have as well? Yeah. I mean, that's, well, it's dependent on number one, how much they make, because what they're putting in is a percentage of what they make. There is maximums you can put in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to put away what's comfortable. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, you know, save and be skimping on your day to day. You're eating right. ramen, you know, for <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. You know, you're spending $3 on meals every day because you're putting so much money in your 401k or your <laughs> retirement account that you don't have anything left over, you right. know, but finding that, that comfort level and that medium where you can still save, you have a plan in place where you're not splurging, you're not going wild, but you're living comfortably. And so whatever that comfortable amount is that you can save and, you know, live, live a good, you know, live a good life. Yeah, absolutely. So would you say that everything as far as like investing in a Roth or investing in a 457 or even the stock market, as an example, do you think that the risk is worth the reward? Yes, I do. Um, so I'm doing what I'm doing. You yeah, know, I, touche. Uh, we, we invest in everything that we put our clients in, you know? And so, mm-hmm. um, it's, I'm a believer in it. I think there are some people that can make money in it short term. Mm-hmm. Um, but really how you make your money is just long-term investing. I mean, if you have that long-term mindset where, you know, you're going to be steady, you know, you're not going to get scared when this something like a coronavirus comes and you sell and mm-hmm. you get really antsy. Um, you really have to have that long-term view, mm-hmm. be have heavy conviction in, in that choice. And so don't, don't touch it and just let it grow and keep adding. And that is the best way to, to make money and, you know, be pretty consistent with it. Yeah, sure. Why don't you touch on ramen noodles? That was a college favorite of ours, right? And Keystone Light and uh, ramen noodles. (laughs) Love me some ramen noodles, Kraft macaroni and cheese. Whoa, Kraft. I forgot about that one. Oh, you can't forget about Kraft macaroni and cheese. Well, touche, sir. Well played. But why do you think it's, you know, we talked about a pain point. Why do you think a lot of people are reluctant to want to save money? Because it's so easy to spend money. (laughs) I mean, it is. It is so easy to spend money and it feels like everything costs money. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do something, it's going to cost money. Uh-huh. You know, you have a family that's, you know, you multiply it, you know, that number and, you know, it could get, it can get really costly. And Absolutely. so if you like being active and doing things and going places that just costs a lot of money, you know, and so. There's, there's a point where you can enjoy yourself and mm-hmm. do a lot of the things you want to do and occasionally make a sacrifice. 
you just don't want to overspend your lifestyle. Like spend you know, your means. Yeah. And I, you know, I think the best thing for people to do is have a plan in place and just having a goal to save mm-hmm. X amount. And, you know, really that's, you know, you're shooting for, you know, you're shooting for the stars. I think it's good to have goal set because you're reaching towards something and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you reward yourself after, the month, you know, you can do something to reward yourself if you save it, you know, something that will mm-hmm. incentivize you to save, you know, I think is helpful. Absolutely. Well, Michael, we're right at the commercial break point or the halfway point. It's hard to believe, huh? That's a quick 30 minutes. Half hour flies by. <laughs> that was a quick 30 minutes. So we are not. Time surpri- flies when you're having fun, Jimmy. I know, right? And, and drink, drinking and, claws. And drinking no the laws old, of claws, and baby. And drinking the old claws. No like laws that. of claws. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not a paid segment. We don't have enough listeners to get paid yet, but the app that we're using requires us to stop every half hour. That's why I do these pauses, people. It's not because I get paid for it. It's because it's mandatory so it doesn't get shut off, and everything that we talk about from 30 on does not get cut off. So, Michael, we're going to stop. We're going to reset, maybe open – a few more claws, break a few more laws, but do it within means. Within means. Within means. Within That's means. the safe answer. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening so far. I hope you've learned something from the young man so far. But we're going to come back after a quick little break, not commercial break. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some money and some finances, maybe even a couple stocks here and there. Michael can't get about too much information when it comes to that. But we are also going to learn a little bit more about the young man. Maybe play a game or two, some Jeopardy. I'm ready. Just so you can learn a little bit more I'm about him. That's always the fun segment. Stick around. All right. And we are back from break. This is going to be a really interesting half hour because we already talked about. Back at it again with the white pens. Oh, look at you. Segwaying us into the segue mm-hmm. point. Look at you. Yep. See you. You should have your own podcast. Don't tell me with a good time, Jimmy. Hey, all right. Well, we'll just keep cracking some more white cloth over here. Then. <laughs> uh, we can't do that. Michael's got a tea time at one o'clock at his brand new country club he just joined. But we've got an awesome half hour ahead of us. We talked about some things that we're going to talk about, and you're not going to want to miss this. So don't let's get the out. ball rolling. Yeah, let's get the ball rolling. Let's dude. do this thing. Let's, let's do the, in. Let's do the dang thing. Now, stock market. That's a hot topic. Mm-hmm. But to be fair to you and your title and your company, you can't get out, give out a lot of information, which I totally understand. But what would you say is the most important component of the stock market for people to take away and realize if they're looking to invest in the stock market? Uh, you know, it's really not one particular area of the stock market or, you know, really what you invest in. I, if I, think about it just as a whole the stock market has a lot of different segments you mm-hmm. know whether it's just u.s companies and then across u.s companies you have large cap which are you know your big big companies like amazon you have your mid cap you have your small cap which are small companies mm-hmm. and then micro cap and you have penny stocks um and so there's a, a number of different segments that you can invest in, in the market. Uh, and then typically in that large, in the, in the large, mid, small, you'll see like value, 
companies, mm-hmm. which those are the ones that pay dividends. Then you have growth companies, which they all the money they put back into the company, their profits, because they're they're growing really quick and they need to keep up with their growth. So you have different segments within those segments. So it's like you, if you really break it down, <laughs> there are so many different areas of the market. And that's just U.S. because then you have international. Mm-hmm. And then are you, you have current, I mean, there are so many things you can invest in. So mm-hmm. uh, the biggest piece of advice for people, I would say, is to, to diversify and mm-hmm. not just be in one particular area of the market with, say, just like, big U.S. companies. You know, I think you should diversify to possibly some midsize, some small size, and all, also in different industries. You can diversify in, across different industries, and I think that's equally as important as, I mean, as you're saying now, <clears throat> with what's going on with COVID-19 and everybody's business is being affected in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know all the effects that it's really going to cause? Uh, and to what magnitude? No, right. I don't think anybody has an idea. Um, but this is why it's important to be in different areas because, mm-hmm. you know, some areas are flourishing more than others. And so it's just having, you know, having some skin in the game. And I think that's just, that's just the biggest takeaway. Absolutely. So would it be better to invest in the stock market or take my winnings to Winstar or to Vegas and just throw $50,000 on black? Jimmy, with your poker skills, <laughs> I have a lot of confidence. I've seen a lot of stories of you going to Winstar and coming back with more money than when you went there with. Oh. And that's a tough question, Jay. I'm thinking about it, but I'm going to have to go with the stock market. I'm just trying to live like Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to be like Dan. I love it. I'm totally kidding. But talking about Dan, Dan's a pretty successful guy out there. He is. very. He, he's a guy that tapped in and diversified very well and made a ton of money. And Dan is a very successful entrepreneur. And you deal with, like you said, a broad spectrum of people. From people who are living a paycheck to paycheck to people all the way to who don't have to worry about another dollar for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about those successful people that you work with. Because I think a lot of people out there also want to know what it's like on the other side of the pond if they're maybe down on the bottom side of the pond like myself. So what takeaways would you say in talking with these successful people would you like to shed light on everybody out there? Well, the I, I, I do come across a number of successful people. Um, they're first and foremost, they're just like you and me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're put their pants on the same way. They still put their socks on. Yeah, you know, they they're the <laughs> they're the exact same as us. You know, they're they're no different. Mm-hmm. Um, they're people. They have the same issues that we have. You know, and they still have families, you know, and um, so they're just like us. They're no different. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are very, well, number one, I'd say transparent. Mm-hmm. They're very um, candid. And it's not that they are mean. I think it's just that they're they're being honest. They waste time. Feedback isn't thought of as, like, bad. Mm-hmm. It's more of welcomed because that's how you improve. Um, 
is by feedback because sometimes you can't always see what you're doing. Um, and sometimes what you think is perceived from a different perspective in a negative light or in a way that it could be improved. So I, you know, feedback is always welcomed with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're also typically, they have the swag, you know, like the swag, they have the swag. Okay. You know, they don't, uh, it's not like they're walking around flexing with big gold chains or, you know, anything like that, but they just have like, they walk with purpose. You know, they, Hmm. they kind of live with purpose. You know, they have goals they set for themselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, they know they have a plan of how they're going to get there. And it's not just like, I'm going to wing it. Right. You know, it's, this is where I want to be. This is the, the targets I set for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, typically the company will set them too, but you know, having those personal goals, not just in work, but just with family and across the, the broad spectrum of their life. Yeah. They, they live with purpose, you yeah. know, and I think waking up with a drive, you know, to be accomplished that day and to better yourself. If you do that every day for 30 years, I guarantee you, you're going to be pretty darn successful, you're you know, come when, right. come when we're like 50, 55, right. You know, and, you know, you just, you stay positive, you stay optimistic, you know, you're, you're strategic, you, you plan and mm-hmm. you have goals for yourself and you strive to be better. Yeah. It's a, it's a big recipe for success. Absolutely, man. Well said. So you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. We both have an entrepreneurial spirit. That's actually a tongue twister. Entrepreneurial I'm glad uh, I'm, a, I don't want to say that. There you go. Times. I'm glad I did not. Yeah. Especially with all this claw on you now. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who are looking for financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And when you work for the man, it's hard to be the man. That's what I was always told. That's, because Uncle, that's the truth. Because, I mean, Uncle Sam's dipping in your pockets one way or another. But when you're working, especially for a company, they might hit you a little bit harder than being a, a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend entrepreneurship for somebody out there looking to start their own business or do you think it's too risky? Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a risk for sure. Of course. You know, it's, you leave on the table, like a steady salary safety. Um, and it's typically really easy to, transition to different parts of the business, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the size of the company. Um, yeah, there's a lot of safety with working for a big company. Um, mm-hmm. But being an entrepreneur is riskier, but the reward's higher. Right. Um, typically, it's like a, you eat what you kill, you know, to start out. You're putting more money in than what you're making. Mm-hmm. And you have to really believe in yourself you know, that you can do it and you can make it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think for me, the biggest trait I would say to be successful with what I'm doing and just as an entrepreneur in general is being relentless. Right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that can keep you down yeah, and that can prevent you from being successful Absolutely. in one way or be a sticky point for you and your business. Um, but you got to be relentless. Like a no is closer to a yes, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, 
you can't take anything bad or you just can't let anything knock you down. I, I think that. that's the that's the most important trait because when you're starting out, even like, you know, friends and family, it's you know, they love you mm-hmm. and they're honest with you and sometimes it's they're not always supportive because it's like why are you leaving or why are you going to something when you have no guarantee of success you have no guarantee of income being you know the entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and it's like you're just starting off and it's just you're going because you believe in yourself and you you know you got to be relentless and can't you know take any of that seriously you got to just really know that you can do it and be determined and i think just relentless is probably the best word to describe it no i love that dude wow that made me smile. God, I love that passion. And you have to be a go-getter as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Because it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. Everybody's yeah, competing absolutely. for the same thing. Um, but you're competing for the right reasons. Yeah. And I like to think so. I think you are. I, I believe so. it. That's why you're here. That's why you're on Thanks, this podcast. Jeremy. And speaking of this podcast, we talk about service-oriented leadership, leading from the front. We also talk about exercise and the importance of exercise in just, you know, creating the success that you alluded to. Because sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out, sun's man. Sun's out, guns out. Well, maybe unless you have the dad bod, then the yeah. shirt might come back on. Love the dad bod, though. <laughs> Apparently, girls do, too. Now I heard that's coming back. I, I heard there's a higher statistical percentage for you to actually wind up with a woman if you have a dad bod. I hate that statistic. Somehow it's I don't know what to think about it. <laughs> You're indifferent. I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. <laughs> I hate that, but I've seen it work. I'm not going to give some stories, but I, I my mind is blown how the dad bod can just be as successful as it is. But I don't know. You're not talking about the dad bods because I'm I'm here. No, 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 no. is that no? You you, you don't oh, have a dad okay. bod. Not yet. I'm going to have a dad bod soon. By the time I'm probably 40. But we talk about exercise and the importance of that and how it can also be mentally stimulating to be successful. Uh, in my line of work, it's a little bit different because we're probably a little bit more active daily than most jobs. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit different. And I want to touch on this in particular because a lot more people can, out there can probably relate to you in your work environment than to mine. That's a little bit more hands-on. Mm-hmm. You work behind a desk and you deal with people. So, is it hard for you to stay physically active throughout your day working behind a desk? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you all know what the hardest part is? What is it? Is if you work out like the day before, two days before, like real hard, you know, and you're, you were targeting like a muscle group. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, say it's like you're, uh, lats okay okay? and you are very sore and if you sit in the same spot for so long it just increases the soreness so then (laughs) it's like when you're leaning for for the keyboard Uh and it's like the lats you just feel this soreness right in your side <laughs> when you're trying to type on the keyboard. It's just very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's probably the hardest thing about working at behind a desk. Okay. It's like if you're sore and you sit in that same spot or like legs, oh, mm-hmm. legs, and you just have to like slowly ease yourself <laughs> down into the chair. Right? Yeah. So why do you think that people behind a desk struggle to eat healthy? 
it's just it's, because it seems to be a common yeah but trend. it's just because of what's available hmm. you know if you have food around you all day that's available typically like to give you an example my desk we have chocolate outside of my desk like uh-huh. i'm not like saying outside of my desk is in i could still reach it mm-hmm. from my chair <laughs> and i'm telling you it's so easy to have like five kit kats in a day because it's there, right. you know, and you have one, you're like, well, that's kind of good. I think I'm at that one a little later. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, you know, accessible. Typically, if your company ever orders like lunch for you, I mean, ours will. It's not like it's like sandwiches or like subs or it's like a pasta or mm-hmm. tacos. You know, it's easy stuff that you can cater yeah. for an office, but that's not always the most healthy. Right. But you eat it because it's, it's there and you don't. It's like a convenience. You don't want to be like if everybody's eating it, you're not going to be like, no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go have my salad. I'm gonna get the salad. I'm instead. gonna go have my salad <laughs> at my desk by myself. <laughs> no, you're gonna like, you're gonna eat, you know, with everybody else. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have good camaraderie with everybody, and you're gonna partake. Absolutely. You know, so I think that's just why it's so hard is because of what's always available. Absolutely, you know, or what's there for you. Well, you've been coming to our gym for a while. Yeah, so long time. Yeah, long, how many years now? Uh, it was like senior year in high school. So Vietnam feels like that's it. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that was. Well, we won't guesstimate, but you've been even though you're a little bit late every time. That's probably okay. ten years ago. Ten years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's probably ten years ago. Wow. That's a long time. That is a long time. So, what keeps you coming back to exercise? I know you said we talked about food and convenience factor and poor eating habits. Mm-hmm. But what keeps you wanting to come exercise and work out? Because, again, I think a lot of people get so complacent behind the desk that they really neglect exercise and fitness and what it can do for you in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I always just want to be in good shape. I don't know. It's I don't I don't ever want to have a dad bod. I mean. (laughs) I, I will do all I can to prevent the dad bod, uh-huh. you know. Um, second reason is kind of obvious. I mean, I, I have a girlfriend, been dating her uh-huh. for four years, mm-hmm. and like, I want her to think I'm hot, you know. <laughs> I don't want to like be picking up a bunch of weight in the gut, you know, and I'm like hunched over, right, and. Just slamming Miller Lights all day, or you know, whatever. Looking, I'm picturing the guy from uh, Dodgeball. You know, at White the end, Goodman. Yes. <laughs> Chuck Norris. Yes. That was, I won that tournament. Yes, uh, that you know, like I, you know, I don't. I always want to present myself in the best light. You know, so I always gonna work out. I just have that have that drive. I mean, plus my mentality is because I like to work out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter what I do for the rest of the day. I'm better than I was the day before. I love that. You know, because you work out, you're better shape cardio-wise. If you did, a, you know, a running, you are stronger. If you did, like, a good lift, you mm-hmm. know, it's like you're you're better than you are the day before. I love that. Well, it's about consistency. Consistency is key. Habit. Ha- wow. Getting it into you habit. took the words right out of my mouth. Because we're creatures of habit, and mm-hmm. a lot of us out there, myself included, I'm sure you too, we all have pretty bad habits. But you know, we I all think, have our vices. 
Exactly. Well said. I don't even need to say anymore. You just uh, hit the nail on top of the head. I'm looking at you in the eyes, and I can just picture what you're saying. Just, just give it off that. Head. Just give it off that vibe, huh? Yeah. Well, Michael, let's do this. Let's segue. We're going to ask you a couple random questions. I'm ready for our Fire awesome listeners will. out there. Fire it will. What is your favorite set of golf clubs? What brand? Uh, Ping Answers. Ping. Yes. Wow. Ping Answers. Okay. Why is that? Uh, so they have, this may be a little technical, but they have what's called a forge face, which is like the part that hits the ball. It's softer than a normal club. So Ooh, a little insider it feels great. Here. And how it was invented was, is actually in Japan mm-hmm. and they made it for mats because they don't have a lot of grass and like ranges like we do here in the U S interesting. So all their stuff is like indoor or on mats. So they did it to have a better um, impact off of mats for people. Mm-hmm. And so then they've started bringing it over here. And then people said, yeah, I really like that. So then I was playing for TCU and then that's how I got them. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of that, next random question. You went to TCU. TCU is kind of a party school. A little bit. There's a there's a couple good looking women out there. A couple. I, I think just a couple. There's a couple. And I imagine there's some partying that went on. There was a little bit. Do you prefer shot pong or beer pong? Oh, definitely beer pong. No surprise pong. No shots mixed no. in the middle. No, I, I got to know what's coming. Okay. Well, I what's gotta... what's your favorite drinking game then, aside from beer pong? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I, <laughs> There's I just mean, so many running through my head right now. <laughs> yeah, there there are. I mean, I love quarters. I think quarters is a lot of fun. Uh huh. You know, playing with a bunch of people. There's also this game called Rage Cage. Rage Cage. Which I learned at Berkeley, actually. You care and to, that was pretty awesome. You care to explain? This is going to be a bit difficult, but what it is is basically you have a bunch of cups, mm-hmm. uh, red solo cups, all kind of clustered together in the center of a table. Uh-huh. You have a ping pong ball. Okay. <laughs> you have two ping pong balls. So two people will grab a cup. Mm-hmm. Or like one, this is how it starts. One person grabs a cup, so they finish a beer because it's about the same amount of beer in the cup as there is like a beer in, pong cup. Yeah, like a beer pong cup. Okay. But in the center of your cluster, you have one full beer in mm-hmm. a cup. Okay. And what you're doing is you drink it, then you have to bounce the ball, ping pong ball, once on the table and then into the cup. Now it goes clockwise, the, the rotation. So once you finish, your your cup and you make it you pass it over to the next person and then you stack and you stack your cup on top of theirs mm-hmm. and if they're still drinking or they haven't made it yet then if you stacked it without before they made it bounce it in mm-hmm. then they have to grab a full that they have to grab not the full one but another cup and then they have to drink it and then try and make it and then it can just be a vicious cycle because then oh they can God. just keep drinking and just but do. it's so much. It's just utter chaos. It's utter chaos. Because <laughs> if you make it on the first time, then you can bounce, give the cup to anybody anywhere on the table. Mm-hmm. So it's it can it's utter chaos. It's a blast. I highly encourage you to look it up. Okay, I'll do that. One more for you. Okay. Pretend you don't have a girlfriend. Hopefully, she does not listen to this. Who is, <laughs> who is your celebrity crush? <sighs> I'm not a big celebrity crush guy. Oh, come on, man. I, I'm not. I, I'm i not. You know who I did think was the hottest girl for a long time? Who's that? 
was the Megan Fox. Megan Fox. I'm sure everybody had that crush. That was, I don't know when the original Transformers came out. Shia LaBeouf like, had it nice. When that came out, I was like, wow. <laughs> I want to. I don't think I was alone in, in thinking that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was with like all of America, girls and guys. Yeah. I want a car like that so I can get a girl like that. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't mind like a Transformer <laughs> as like my buddy. That'd be kind of cool. I think that'd be real cool. I love that. I think it would be too. So, Michael, uh, we could go on and on with questions. You're just an entertaining guy and you have awesome answers that provide a lot of entertainment. Making me blush. I know. Stop. Well, I'm going to scoot back just oh, about five you. steps. But yeah. Social distancing. What I do to end most of my segments is give people the floor to just kind of speak what's on their mind. So we still have plenty of time. we got about seven minutes until we're done, though. Within a certain means of time, whatever is on your heart or whatever is on your mind that you would like to say out there to encourage people or to help people, I know we talked about a lot today, but if there's anything lingering there that you would like to say, now's the time to do it. So go. All right. Well, the only seven minutes and that was a broad, broad spectrum that I balls in your court balls in my court. Um, I don't know. This is kind of, this is just a little off the wall. This is going to bounce around like a ping pong ball here, but I'm just going to say, okay, one of the, the things I, I like to do is listen to like self-improvement, like audiobooks. books. Um, hmm. Sabrina, my girlfriend kind of, she really got me into it and I, I like it. I mean, I, even if I can't listen to it like every day, I mean, I'll at least try and listen to a little bit, you know, every week and try and make a habit out of it. Um, just because there's always ways we can improve. So if you can learn without making the mistakes that others did before you by you know, by reading the book and I, it saves time and you're better, you know, you're better from it, whatever you're trying to get better at. I mean, I think of what, like mindset because that mind is the mind is so powerful. Well so said. you have to understand like your thinking and your thought process and also it helps you to better understand other people and how they communicate and how they act. Um, because sometimes it's, it doesn't always come across like how they want it to, mm-hmm. you know, with their intent. But if you are, you have high um, emotional intelligence and you can understand it, I mean, you don't take things offensively. You just, you don't even think anything of it, Mm -hmm. you know, where others can just overreact. I think it's always good to just um, focus on the mind and how you can improve your thinking because you're, I mean, you're just, your mind controls everything. It can make you feel sick when you're, you know, when you're not sick. I mean, it, it, it's so powerful. So if you fuel it with the right, the right things, the right thoughts, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be in a good place. You know, you're going to be happy. You got to know what, you know, money doesn't drive happiness. You have to be happy with the process, not just the end result. You know, it's, if you don't enjoy the process, you're always going to be searching for more and more and more. And you gotta, you gotta do what you love, you know, chase it. And, you can't, you can't let people, can't let people tell you, you know, put you down. You know, you, you lose, you know, you don't get a, you don't get a client, you lost business, you lost your job. It's you get back up. You gotta be, you gotta be relentless, whether you're an entrepreneur or, 
just an employee of a company or just, a, you know, a dad or whatever, whoever you are, you know, whatever your role is, you just got to be relentless. You got to go for it. You got to full send it. And yeah. you always put forth your best foot, man. And everything comes back full circle. So you help people, people help you and sway the world. Wow. I don't know how much time I just spent there, but dude, that you, was like everything on my head. You could, like you in my head, that was crazy. You crushed that. That was an I was that crazy. Was awesome. You still got there's plenty of time left on the clock, but you crushed that answer from start to finish. I Thank love you. every aspect of what you said, not just in that small, finite amount of time, but everything that you've talked about today. And you know, like you, you said it even way before just now. You said that, you know, there's a lot of different ways to serve. And that's why I had you on as my first guest in particular is because you've served me. I want to be able to serve you to provide you a Thanks, means Jimmy. to connect with more people, probably more relatable to more people than my pertinent position as a firefighter. So for all of you out there, I hope that what Michael just said really resonated with you, especially if you're more relatable to him and his life situation and, you know, being behind a desk and, you know, kind of what he's encountered in life thus far. But he too believes in you and he has the heart and a passion to serve others, just as I'm sure most of you do listening to this. So it doesn't matter what your life circumstances and no matter what you do, you always have a means and a power within you to want to serve. You just have to simply go get it, like mm -hmm. Michael said, and you have to. Full want send, that. baby. Full, Full send. send. Well said, and that's a great cap. But Michael, how do people get in contact with you if they have any questions about financial planning or just want to talk about a little bit more of what you discussed today? Um, I mean, they could just ask you or in the comments. I mean, I'll okay, I'll share the Facebook, um, and yeah, it's it's be easy. I mean, if you comment or you could just private message me, I know you tagged me. Mm -hmm, sure. Um, so you could just private message me or email me at mqlin at gmail.com. M-C-U-L-I-N at gmail.com. Perfect. Awesome. And you said Facebook. Is there anywhere else they can, people could find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. All the kids are doing uh, it. Don't really use Snapchat that much. Twitter. I don't use Twitter that uh, much. Twitter's kind of lost its taste. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just wasn't – never picked up on it. Not your thing? Okay. Well, uh, if you were listening to this first time because you wanted to listen to Michael's interview, my name is Jimmy. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram like him. First name Jimmy, last name Gross. All the kids in kindergarten made fun of me for that. They said, what's your middle name? They said, is. Jimmy is Gross. And they thought that was the funniest thing ever. But <laughs> We're adults now. That's funny. I'm sure that made you laugh, I, too. It did make me laugh. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, see why they thought it was funny yeah, now. That was pretty clever. But you can find me on social media, all those platforms I just listed. Um, so if you have any questions or anything you need in relation to this podcast or just life or anything in general, please contact me. I'd be more than happy to assist you. And also, if you have any insight or feedback or anything, too, I'm always open to that because I want this platform to be something where other people can excel, where you can better yourself because that's the goal of this whole thing. So I certainly hope that Michael provided you that oomph to get after your day today or just that long-term relief that you needed uh, that you were lacking before. So, Michael, I appreciate your time, man, and it means a lot for you to be here. I hope you guys stay tuned for episode number eight, which will be sometime next week. I'm not going to release the guest yes yet, but stay tuned. 
And if you have yet to do so, last thing I will say is uh, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you're not already. Leave a review and subscribe. would also would help. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, subscribe is share this on your own social yeah, media. Let's exactly share this on your own social media. Subscribe, y'all. Get the let's good go. word out. And let's keep helping other people. I hope you all have a wonderful day today. We'll see you next week. See y'all.